Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast, where you can learn how to launch your full-time career in this part-time gig economy. No matter what career you're in, you have the potential to be the best version of you and overcome whatever obstacles stand in your way. And now, here's your host, the CEO of Bonvera, Bob Dickey. Welcome back to Taking the Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Dickey, and I'm really excited to have two of my really good friends on the uh, program this afternoon. Jim and Dolores Martin, I've known this wonderful couple for many years. They are currently in Florida. I am in Knoxville, Tennessee, and yes, in the midst of this coronavirus, we are practicing our social distancing and doing this interview over the phone, so hopefully the audio and technology will work the entire time. But I want to give you a little bit of background on Jim and Dolores Martin. As I've said, I've known them for quite some time. I had the honor and privilege in working with them in previous businesses, and now at Bonvera as the CEO, I get to work with Jim and Dolores once again. And it was actually, this couple was one of the bright spots that brought me from Crown Financial Ministries to Bonvera when I was hired as the CEO because Jim and Dolores are co-founders of this organization. Jim is a trained master licensed plumber and has owned his own business within that space for, for many, many years. Dolores was in the banking and insurance industry and also ran an in-home daycare business. So both of them have a wealth of knowledge, not only on the business front, but also the entrepreneurial front. And as co-owners and co-founders of Bonvera. They have been in the direct sales network marketing industry for coming up on 19 years this September. So Jim and Dolores, uh, first of all, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. It's quite an honor to have you both on this afternoon. I'm really looking forward to learning insights and perspectives that you guys have learned over the course of your career and specifically right now in the midst of this coronavirus crisis that we have globally. I think a lot of the insights that you have on how to run and operate a business and thrive in an e-commerce or a gig economy uh, will be something to be really interesting for many of our listeners. So thank you for taking the time to join me this afternoon. Absolutely, Bob. We're uh, super excited and honored that to be on the podcast today, but for technology, right? In, the, in these crazy times that, you know, I, I go back 20 years ago or even 10 years ago and things wouldn't have been ran from your house the way they are right now. So we're super thankful for that, for sure. Yeah, excited to be on, Bob, and um, listen to every podcast so far and enjoyed all the interviews that you've done with people. So looking forward to this. Oh, that's great. Well, as we stated at the very beginning, one of the things that I enjoy is just being able to have a conversation, especially with friends. And every single one of the podcasts that we've done so far, you know, I've been taking copious notes and I'm asking questions and learning. And so I know I'm going to learn a lot from you guys. You know, one of the the things that I find really interesting is, I mean, you had this vision, you got involved in this industry, in this space 20 years ago, really before the freelancer economy, the gig economy was really around before it was really in vogue for people to have a side hustle and sometimes two or three side hustles. But it seems like you saw the writing on the wall. Uh, you both were in business. You both were entrepreneurs running your own businesses. What did you see or what did you sense? Why did you want to get involved in a e-commerce business right at the beginning when e-commerce was really starting to come around? What led you down this pathway? I would love to hear some of the things that you have learned on that journey and some of the experiences that you've had. All right. Well, you know, to be honest, the night that Dolores and I got introduced to this industry, it was the Friday after 9-11. So September 14th, 2001. 
And to be honest, we had a high schooler, a middle school, elementary, and a two-week-old baby. And that two-week-old baby had complications and actually had a really rough entry into this world with an emergency C-section. At the time, I was working uh, literally 70 to 90 hours a week in plumbing. And we got introduced at our friend's house uh, just a few doors down to a gentleman that I probably would have never crossed paths, right? His name's Ed Zetner. I actually was just talking to him last night. He was a two-master degree engineer. His wife had a master's in marketing. What gave us a connection, though, was, you know, he said he lived in Clarkston, Michigan, and I said, you know, where at? He mentioned the sub that he lived in, Bridge Lake Bluff, and that is a sub that I did housing in. A couple houses, they're all custom, very nice houses. And that led me to the question, asking him what he was doing this for. And he said, I found a way to get my time back. Well, like I just mentioned, I was working 70, 90 hours a week. I had no time. I didn't understand the internet. Literally, I would look up some hunting pictures because I don't think there's too many videos posted back then Mm -hmm. and look at Bass Pro Shop. So I wasn't looking to get into an e-commerce company, but here's what I saw that night. I saw cut out the middlemen and everything that I bought for my plumbing company, I always tried to go as much wholesale as possible so I could save a little bit of money because I was a middleman because I would resell it to my customers. So I know there's markup there. He showed cut out the middlemen and then split the profits and the profits went to a community that we built team approach. And I started to grasp that was it wasn't all up to me. But at some point, I knew I had to take responsibility for it when he drew out, built a couple organizations. And it drew me in that I looked at Dolores, and to be be 100% transparent, we joined that night, but as we were walking home carrying our son (laughs) right in in a carrier, Dolores goes, when are you going to get started in that? You don't have time. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling her... I started chuckling. I says, well, I'm not doing that. I said, "I we joined for you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he bought a business for you, Dolores, huh? He did buy a business for me, and, and I had to quickly let him know that I was not in the market to doing a business. I just gave birth two weeks prior to that to our fourth child, and the other three were involved. You know, how many times in America do you see parents that are so time-crunched because they have their children and all these sports and mm-hmm. activities? And so after school, I didn't just sit at home like Jim probably had in his mind at the time, right. eating bonbons on the couch, waiting for dad to get home. So yeah, I wasn't looking. I had all kinds of girlfriends that had done or were doing probably at the time direct sales and, you know, between kitchen gadgets and jewelry and everything else. I'm an extrovert that loves people. So I loved going to those parties, but never did I think I wanted to actually be the person selling the items mm-hmm. because I'm quality time. If anybody's read, you know, the five love languages, I'm quality time. And we we were time poor already of Jim being home. So in my eyes, those things would take me away from the little bit of time I had with my husband at the end of the day. So I wasn't looking for something else either, but we wanted the results, which it all boiled down to. You have to do something different if you want different results. You know, Bob, real quick, looking back at that day, I wasn't looking, but I should have been looking. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are falling into that today with this coronavirus and maybe their job security. But I just look at um, the reason that I should have been looking was I just look at somebody that was doing my job 15, 20 years longer than me. Mm -hmm. And they were in the same position that I was already in. And I knew definitely insane. They just said, hey, keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And quite honestly, I just wanted different results. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that, you know, in the midst of a crisis, when many people are not looking 
to make a major change. Many people are not looking for the opportunity or to, to start a business. And so 9-11, I remember 9-11 very well. I was a second lieutenant, or maybe a first lieutenant at Little Rock Air Force Base. And it felt like the world was coming to an end, right? I mean, you know, government buildings and installations are on lockdown. We were getting on a, a war footing. We knew we were going to be going into Afghanistan, the stock market, the global economy was, you know, tanking. It's really difficult in those moments to be looking for, hey, where's the opportunity? So here you are thinking about, hey, I'm already working my tail off, you know, 70, 80 hours, 90 hours a week. And now I'm going to add something extra to the plate, start another business. But it panned out for you. And you guys have done very, very well over that 19 year push since that time, actually, not only being in the industry, but uh, you've been top performers in multiple companies within this industry. And then uh, went in with a group of people and started your own business within this industry. So one of the things that I'm trying to encourage people during this coronavirus, you know, you see information that comes out where all sorts of companies have been started and people have done really, really great things in the midst of a recession or a depression. And I think it's really encouraging to hear your story that, you know, even back during 9-11, that you guys found that opportunity to go after. And I would hope that our listeners would learn from that. Yeah, well, I can tell you this, looking back on it, we shouldn't have got started, but, and here's why I say that. Every excuse not to do something, in my case, it was time, mm -hmm. is really your reason to do something, right? Because I'll have people say, you know, I just don't really have time to do this. Well, that's the reason to do it. Or if I don't have money, that's the reason to do it. Or, man, I'm not sure if my job's going to be around in the next five, 10 years. Well, there you go. Your excuse is really a reason why you should do something. Mm -hmm. And the way that we have a training system and support and just the whole business as a whole of what Bonvera has put together, it is the right time at the right place with the right people that has the experience to help people succeed. Well, it sounds like you've given some really good reasons as to why you're passionate about Bonvera and the reasons why you you start. I mean, there's all sorts of opportunities out there, but I'd love to kind of glean both from you and Dolores. What were some of the key reasons why you guys decided to start your own company? You had worked with other companies within this space, but you guys decided like, no, you know what? It's time for us after, you know, I guess 17 years, it's time for us to, you know, start our own company. And you guys did that. Once again, that's a big leap of faith. There's a lot that goes into it. Why are you passionate about Bonvera and why did you start the company? That's a great question. We've gotten that question a lot, actually. Well, if those other things got you retired from plumbing or whatever, why would you have left that to do this? Or, you know, there's all kinds of different people that will ask you different questions right. like that. And so I've had to think about it a lot, but really it just boiled down to the men and women that we launched Bonvera with. We all had come from that same industry and saw different things going on because after the years of sitting down in people's living rooms or sitting across the kitchen table and different things that people struggle with, when you go through so many people's hurts and victories, you end up realizing there's parts of the industry that we probably can leave behind that were from a different era mm -hmm. or, you know, they did that because of, you know, for whatever reason back in the day. And why not get rid of the things that were that and keep the things that were right? So when we helped launch this company, we looked at it as why not put together a company that is truly field driven and that all of the leaders that are launching it are in the field. 
And so to me, I don't want a special deal. I didn't want, you know, the other companies that we had been involved with, you know, we had victories there and I know we learned. And so I don't slight any of that for any reason, because we learned a lot of that. We wouldn't be the people we are today if we hadn't gone through and been a part of a lot of that. But what it boiled down to is we didn't want special deals. We wanted to be able to, it didn't matter if you were just getting started or if you've been in the industry 20 years, everybody has the same opportunity. And we saw that in Bonvera. We saw that the industry was changing and we wanted to be leading in the change. That's a great answer, Dolores. Well, here's what we really wanted to do was, hey, if we can create something that people can buy everyday products uh, at the same price that they're already buying, because some of the companies that we're in, there would be products that were four times as much on their site than as you could get in a store. So it was really hard to have customers. And we wanted to have a field-driven, customer-driven business with world-class products that are unique and distinctive that you can't get anywhere else and have stuff that you buy at the store already. And here we have many of those stores. And because of the world-class office that we have, we have unique and distinctive products at a great value that people want and are in demand. Right. And here we've created that. And I tell you, it just gets better all the time. I look at last week, we launched our new Bonvera at home. Well, I say we, the office launched <laughs> Bonvera at home and it's been a huge hit. Right. We are moving products. People are excited and out there sharing the opportunity along with a field that is in the field. Mm -hmm. Right. Not somebody who used to do something or maybe a company, you know, a corporation that's running the company that have never been in the field and don't understand it. Mm -hmm. With Bonvera, we have leaders that are in the field, boots on the ground, leading from the front that can give feedback to a company and tell the company, hey, this is what we want. And the company executes that and gives it to us in return. It just makes for a great relationship with the field and the company that just makes the business grow that much faster. Yes, synergy between the two. Yeah, I really felt that as I was coming on board to be the CEO of the organization, it's one of the things that really excited me. I definitely saw the winds of change blowing very rapidly in a new direction. We've started creating this, you know, this gig economy, this freelancer economy. I think the whole state of work, not just here domestically, but internationally is changing. You're seeing that American families are needing to have uh, multiple streams of income, and it's now the rage. It's in vogue for families to have multiple streams of income, whereas like in my grandparents or our grandparents' generation, you know, a lot of times you just had a single source of income. You had a stay-at-home mom. And one of the things that I also like is when there's companies that want to radically change an industry and they want to be disruptive, I love studying those companies on how they radically disrupt an industry. I'm not really excited about the status quo. I can get bored pretty easily on that. And one of the things that I found really interesting with the founders of Bonvera was that there was this innate desire to always improve, be involved in continuous improvement, do things distinctively and uniquely, you know, carrying things from the past that had worked, but be looking at a way in which we could radically disrupt an industry. And I was like, okay, I'm all in. This is exciting. Let's do this. So it felt like it was the perfect time. And it's been a really cool journey over the last two years, the things that we've been able to accomplish. And I think that even like right now in the midst of this COVID-19 global 
pandemic, we're seeing industries rapidly change all around us. Buying habits are changing. E-commerce is growing at a rapid rate. We're never going to go back to the way the world was prior to this crisis. There's going to be fundamental societal changes. And I believe that everything that's happening right now actually sets companies up like Bonvera to do very, very well in this new kind of e-commerce economy that's being born around us. Those are some of the things that really excite me and why I love kind of locking arms with you guys and other leaders in the field to build this company. So one of the questions I would have for you both would be, you know, you've been in the industry for 19 years and how have you seen it change in terms of relationships or building the business? I mean, we all hear that in business, relationships are everything. And now we're in an environment where it's hard for us to get together face to face. You know, we're practicing social distancing. I know you guys are holding a global community party tonight on Zoom. And what are some of the things that you're learning in quarantine? How are you pivoting and thinking differently about your business and new tips or tactics that you might share with the public? You know, it's funny. Yeah, we are having a um, get together tonight. We're calling it a Friday fun night with a lot of our business partners that we have. And we just wanted to get face to face with people because, you know, thank goodness for the, you know, we use Zoom, but I know a lot of people use different avenues of that, but we use Zoom and to be able to look face to face with people and let them know you care. Um, that's huge in our industry. That's something that, you know, early on in this discussion, you were asking about us getting started that first night. And I said, you know, I would never have been that person. And a lot of that was because I had this false idea that our industry had to be a lady leaving her family at night and going and selling product and then coming home. And I had no idea that I could partner up with my spouse, you know, the love of my life and go out and set families free. So in this industry, people want to know you care and they want to know you care by looking in your eyes. And so, yeah, we love sitting across our kitchen table with people. But now that we have this, it's still important for people to hear your voice and not just text somebody, not just, you know, say that you care, prove it. And so people need to have fun. They need community. And that's what I fell in love with is the fact that this business is a selfless business. So the more you serve, it's a selfless serving business that if you serve others, in the end, you will win as well. And so serving people is just by being relatable to them, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, transparent, letting them know that you're in it together and really meaning it. And so tonight we are, we're having a um, nationwide video conferencing fun night to where we're going to play some games. And what's been interesting about that is I've had a lot of people, we asked them to send us a school age picture. And for people to send their school age picture, I've gotten so many comments of people how much fun they've had looking through their pictures. Mm -hmm. And I feel the reason reason why is because they go back to their young years before life hit them. Mm -hmm. And they're looking and they realize how many hopes and dreams they had back then and how much fun they had. And we want to get back to that. You don't have to carry the baggage of whatever you've been through alone. But yet, you know, some of those things are serious. But for the most part, you can move forward and have fun again. And opportunity is so abundant in our country. And I feel like that's why our industry is thriving. And, you, you know, Bob, you mentioned how, how rapidly it's changing. I just saw a statistic today talking about one of the delivery companies. You know, they have shipped and mm -hmm. all these different type of delivery companies. And one of them is hiring another 250,000 people. And it's because I truly believe what you said. We are not going to go back to what was prior to COVID-19. Mm -hmm. 
And our industry is going to thrive if you do it in the right way and you still focus on community. Absolutely. And, you know, I heard a saying a long time ago, you can live seven days without food, three days without water, but like 10 minutes without hope. And what I think a quarantine time has taught me that, you know, reach out to people because people, especially if they're at home, sitting home by themselves, you know, we don't talk real positive to each other, right? To ourselves anyways. Mm. And just calling, encouraging people, right? Knowing that you're there for them in your corner. Uh, I know, yes, we have a new way MBA and, you know, our app on our phone that we can listen to audios and everything. But sometimes that can also play tricks on us. Like, yeah, those people can do it. But when they hear from a guy like a Cody Newton or a Joe D'Arcangelo or a Tim Jarvin, you know, if they give them a call, it just makes it all that much more real. And it really helps people understand that they matter, right? People are care about you. People are thinking about you. And when uh, I know back in the day when we were just getting started that we hadn't really done anything, when people in our support team reached out to us and let us know that they were thinking of us, it's weird, but it made me want to do more, right? Like, man, I, that felt pretty good. I bet you if I do more, I'll get some more, you know, encouragement, you know, because just encouragement isn't normal these days, especially if we're not even going to work where a lot of people do get accolades at work and, you know, they might get more accolades at work than they do at home. I don't want that to be in our business, mm-hmm. meaning I don't want somebody to get more accolades at, uh, you know, something that they really can't stand long term that's not going to reward them more than a business that is long term can be willed to generations i wanted them to know that this is a safe place they're going to get encouragement but at the same time it is a business you know so we're going to build a business together so this quarantine time it's just high communication if you ask me right like facebook's great but somebody liking a post or me just liking a post isn't the same as a phone call so that high communication i believe is what we've learned that you know stay in contact with people and not just the person that's tearing up your business but everybody everybody matters and with that we thought this would be a great place to segment the episode and break it into two parts. This concludes part one of this podcast series. Tune in next time to hear the rest of this story. As always, I am your host, Bob Dickey, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with your host, Bob Dickey. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at www.takingtheleappodcast.com and bonvera.rocks. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Taking the Leap.